0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, folks. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of Titus, drawing near to the end of chapter 2 right now. And remember what's going on right here. Real quick recap. Uh, Paul's writing to Titus at the beginning of chapter 2. He says, hey, I want you to speak to things that are fitting for sound doctrine. And that's in contrast to what had been going on in chapter 1 uh, with certain uh, rebellious men, I think is the way he described it. And then he tells what that fit doctrine is, that fit teaching that he had in mind. And it's how the older men are to behave and the older women are to behave and the younger women and the younger men, and even the bond slaves, as we saw in the last episode, that we're all the, as believers to act and behave in a certain kind of way. Why is that? So that the opponent would be put to shame and have nothing bad to say about us. Uh, and then also, as far as the yeah. <coughs> bond servants, he said, so that they will adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in every respect. That's where we le- left off in the last episode. That literally, in everything that we do, that we will be wearing the teaching of God, the doctrine of God, that we will be manifesting that in everything. Now, the reason I want to go through that is for verse 11. Verse 11, where we begin today, starts off with the word for, F-O-R, for the grace of God has appeared. And so that word for out there ties it back into what he's just said previously in this chapter of how we are to be living, how we're behaving for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Well, if you just read that phrase for the grace of God has appeared, you might think, well, what is the grace of God? When you finish it out, bringing salvation to all men. OK, begin to see who this is um, and what it is that he's talking about. What brings salvation to all men? Well, it's, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, watch what he does here. This is really cool. Again, verse, this is verse 11, and verses 11 through 14 are all one sentence. So as, as Paul's manner, it's a long run-on sentence. But listen to what he says. Again, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness Zealous for good works. And then the last verse, let me just read it. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority, that no one disregard you. Remember, we looked at that last verse in the last episode and in some previous episodes before. That is the reason that Paul wanted him to speak these things. But did you catch what all was going on there? He's he's dealing with the past, he's dealing with the present, he's dealing with the future. Quite often Paul did that when he was writing uh, letters and encouraging and exhorting people. He pointed them to the return of the Lord. So look what happens here. For the grace of God has appeared. So it's in the past tense. And this is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ coming, bringing salvation to all men. Well, what happens when we receive that salvation? What's what we see in verse 12? Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly Desires. So the instruction, the doctrine that he's been teaching, talking about, okay, the good doctrine, the things that he said to speak and to exhort and reprove, we see some insights into that. We are to deny ungodliness, we're to deny worldly desires, and we're to live a certain kind of way. So it's like a threefold thing, then a threefold thing. Okay. So we're being instructed. This sound doctrine is to deny ungodliness. We cannot go through life and say, Well, I'm not sure if God is right or God's at that one level. What it's really speaking of is wickedness. Okay? Mm -hmm. So deny ungodliness and worldly desires, worldly passions. King James says worldly lust. So deny ungodliness deny our worldly desires, and to live, and then he tells us three different ways, live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, okay, in the present world. So we saw that in, in the past Jesus has come, okay, but now we are instructed, deny ungodliness, don't live wickedly, deny the worldly desires, live sensibly, righteously, and godly. I mean, we're instructed forthright, folks, to do this. While we're living this way in this present age, we are looking for the blessed hope. And if I were to ask people, you know, what's the blessed hope? Quite often they'll say, well, it's the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're pointing back to the past, well, that's fine, that's well, that's good, whatever, right? But really when you see the blessed hope, it's talking about the hope of the return of the Lord, the appearing of the Lord. That's what's being said here, and you see it in 1st 2nd Thessalonians and several other places, that we're looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. So here we see that the blessed hope and the appearing, the Lord is our blessed hope. It's, he's our blessed hope based upon what He's done and based upon what He's going to do in the future. He is our blessed hope. But there's something interesting here. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. This is a verse that calls Jesus God. The glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Let me see what the other translations say. Appearing in the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see it sort of very strongly supports the idea that, yes, Jesus is God. And then it tells us what Jesus did for us, verse 14. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds, zealous for good works. So what did the Lord do? He gave himself for us. Well, why did he give himself for us? And and that means he died for us. To redeem us. Well, what did he redeem us from? Every lawless deed. If he has redeemed us from lawless deeds, we do not have to walk in lawless deeds anymore. People think that believers, you know, have to sometimes. Well, you know, I'm just a believer. Uh, A sinner saved by grace, I'll always sin. No. every all this deed, he's redeemed us from in the past. Watch this. And to purify for himself a people for his own possession. If he truly possesses us, we are purified by him. We're purified by him, and we are pure. Zealous for good deeds. I say it many, many times. The only reason we sin is because we want to. It's not because we have to, okay? Nothing like that. It's simply because we want to, we choose to. And so, if we will know this, if we will understand that He redeemed us from every lawless deeds, the things of the past, and that He's purifying us for His own possession now, and that we can rejoice and look forward, wait for the blessed hope of His return and His appearing, then we will be people of His possession, and we will be zealous for good deeds, okay? and you know zealous for good deeds or the idea being with that that you're you're literally burning with desires to do what the lord wants you to do i think that's stirring among the true body of christ today it's causing quite an uproar in the organizational church but the organism is arising well again i'm dale and i thank you so much for your time i'll see you next time